hello and welcome to the Heal in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Marie, a certified trauma-informed coach and complex trauma survivor. Along my own healing journey, I found music to be both a supportive tool for processing emotions and a source of solace and comfort during tough times. On this show, I'm breaking down popular songs through the lens of trauma recovery, healing, and personal growth. So let's dive in. everybody welcome back to the heal and harmony podcast today i have a special guest with me named ali cates and i'm super looking forward to unpacking the lyrics to the archer by taylor swift with her today but before we get started i'm just going to go ahead and give ali a chance to introduce herself so go ahead <laughs> hi emmy thank you so much for having me on my name is ali cates i am a trauma recovery coach And I'm also becoming a somatic experience practitioner in training through Peter Levine's work. So we do very, you know, similar work in the trauma recovery space. And I'm really excited to dive into this because we were talking a little bit offline, but I always just nerd out on this stuff. And I feel like when I'm with like friends and stuff, they're like, okay, you have a really different like view of this, Mm. but it's really cool to be in a space and a community with someone that's like also doing this work Mm. and you can like dissect it a little bit more. So I'm really excited to, to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool to hear. And yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to get to talk through such like a niche thing, like Taylor Swift song, but through the lens of, you know, trauma healing and recovery that the work that we both do. And it's obviously very important to both of us. So Cool. Well, thanks again for being here today. Um, Yeah, like I mentioned, audience, we are going through The Archer. This is from Taylor's uh, album Lover that came out in 2019. It is a track five. So if you know what that means, you know what that means. Um, Basically, a more vulnerable uh, type song tends to be. Um, As usual, I can't play the song, unfortunately. So if you want to pause the episode, go take a listen and come back. You're more than welcome to do that. If you've already been listening to it all day, because that's the life you live. I guess you're all set (laughs) and we can just get going. Um, So we're going to go ahead and break it down verse by verse. Um, So I will go ahead and start with the first verse and we will get chatting. So it begins with the word combat. I'm ready for combat. I say I don't want that, but what if I do? Because cruelty wins in the movies. I've got a hundred thrown out speeches I almost said to you. So let's just begin there. Any initial thoughts or anything you want to share with us, Allie? Yeah. I feel like it's always so hard because I want to sing it. So I was, that's mm. great that you didn't. I it's so hard. Like, it's so hard. The way that I say it too, I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, was that, did that sound like a real sentence yeah. or am I? Yeah. 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 I got chills in the first line because, yeah. you know, I feel like the combat part, like just going into fight mode is really my response that I've had to learn how to like regulate and work through. And, um, you know, the more that I learn about like fight or flight and everything, it's like my initial response is to go into fight mode, but I have like freeze on top of that. So Mm. then because people have said like, you can't move or you can't leave the situation or like things have happened. Right. Um, and so when she's saying this, I'm like, yeah, there's definitely those moments where like, I'm in a space and I'm like, I am ready to like drop you with my words. Yeah. Like I, had, yeah. I had, um, in my trauma recovery. So I'll, I'll back up a little bit is that I was diagnosed with developmental trauma. I have sexual trauma in my past complex PTSD. Right. Um, and a whole host of things. And when I was working in the beginning of trauma recovery, 
I remember a practitioner who like we got close. So it wasn't like a mean thing to say, Mm -hmm. but he was like, you know, I'm really grateful that you're doing this work because your words are like knives to people. Like I could, you know, I could hurt people really intensely with my words. And I don't know if you watch Yellowstone, but like I was like Beth Dutton with my words, Mm. which she can like drop people to her knees with like what she says and how she uses it. And so when I listen to this, I'm like, oh, yeah, there are definitely times where like, I'm ready. I'm like, let's freaking go. You want to fight? Like I will drop you to your knees, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds like a song that was really aligned for you or like makes a lot of sense yes. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the combat part, it's like, I don't, I think to, you know, people that have been through sexual trauma, which I know that you have like similar yeah. story around that is that you're always kind of getting ready. Almost. It feels like for combat, like you go yep. out every day and you're like looking around and you're, you know, looking for, if there's a threat or mm-hmm. if someone's going to come up and like get you, or you go into, your room and you lock the door right behind you. Like you're always kind of on this hyper alert space. And so when yeah. she's saying that, it's like, you know, I said, I don't want that. Right. Because like, we really don't want to be in fight or flight. We don't want to be constantly on alert. And right. she's like, but what if I do? And I like resonate so deeply with that point yeah. because people are like, you don't want to fight, like stop fighting with your words. I'm like, yeah. but what if I do? What if this feels like really freaking good Yeah, to do this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, it reminds me of a book I'm reading right now, which I'm not going to spoil, but it's called The Poppy War for anyone who has ever heard of it that is listening right now. And I think there's a lot of themes of this idea of like, I'm not supposed to like combat. Like I'm supposed to be, especially if you've been conditioned as a woman, you're supposed to be nurturing and tender. And it's like, but what if I do? Like, what if it feels really good to lash out or have vengeance or um, fight back after I've been in such a position of disempowerment and oppression for a long time? So I feel that big time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that like the first time that I could actually like express my anger in a healthy way, being almost like, terrified that I was like an angry person because Mm, yeah like most people would be like oh my gosh Allie's so kind and she's so sweet and she's so loving and like you know there's no way that she has like an ounce of anger in her body but when I was able to like actually tap into my anger I was like holy crap I'm holding so much anger from this past trauma that like is so in my body that I'm like what if I do love this like it feels actually really empowering to be like, F you. Like, I'm yeah. actually really pissed, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah well said. Um, yeah. So my kind of take on this was seeing this section of the song being this sort of like reckoning moment of like, I am hitting a breaking point where my entire persona has been conflict avoidant. Like I'm easygoing. I don't want anyone to worry. I'm going to like fawn and try to please everybody, but I'm done. Like I've been silencing myself for so long. I have all these thrown out speeches. I almost said to you, it didn't work. I don't get to keep you. My this pattern, the strategy of trying to keep the peace and please other people, I'm still left alone there. It's not working. So it's like, what if I do want combat? What if I do want you to hear me? Um, Yeah. So that's kind of what I got from it. Yeah. I love that. I think too, is like the, cause cruelty always wins in the movies. Like there's this almost like, but how come those people get to act in a way? Yeah. No one, you know, no one goes after that or, 
I think like in the mainstream media, if you're watching, you know, just like pop culture right now in general, it's like cruelty and being in fight mode is like kind of the highlighted thing. Like if you watch, you know, depending on what you're consuming, it's like if you watch certain things where it's like they're constantly fighting and there's all this drama. Yeah, it's like, drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like kind of this like when you've been in fight or flight mode, I know for myself, like there's kind of this um like my body's so used to being in fight mode that it's almost addicted to that pattern because it doesn't know anything yeah. different. Right. Right. And totally. so I'm like, yeah, well, cruelty wins. So like, yeah. why can't I be a, you know, yeah. a jerk? Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think there's a big conversation going on throughout this song where she's saying we're, we'll get to this, but I've been the archer and I've been the prey of yes. like, you know, I know what it's like to be on both sides and neither of them are really working for me. Like yes. this person is still leaving me and kind of all these different mechanisms, whether I'm fawning or fighting, they're not enough to keep someone. So what do I do? Yeah. Um, being this larger piece of like grief and despair. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, th- the whole thing too, is like, there is so much sadness in the song, right? Yeah. Cause you're oh, like, yeah. I both do- both directions aren't serving me. So it's like, which right. one do I look towards? And I feel like that, especially like when you're going on a healing journey, it feels so lonely because you're like, well, what the yeah. heck do I do? And like your whole right. kind of identity is changing because if you have been the person that's been like for me, and I'm sure, you know, you probably have a similar story with like fawning is like, I've been that person's always like been the people pleaser, always yeah. put other people first. And then it's like, oh, but my identity is so wrapped up in this. Like mm-hmm. I'm the nice person. So yeah. what happens when I start being like, no, I'm not doing that for you. Yeah. And no, this is a boundary. Right. 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 Yeah. Totally. Um, what do you know what Enneagram type you are? I'm a two wing three. Okay. Me too. That's, I think we already talked about this. Yeah. Cause I, I was thinking about how within the context of the Enneagram, there's this idea that a two who is notoriously like really cares about other people and can be easily be a people pleaser or like a fawner or someone that like really wants to, um, really wants other people to like them above all else, like in moments of stress can go to a type eight, which is very comfortable Mm -hmm. with being the archer, the warrior, the combative one. And so as you were talking about that, um, (laughs) that makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was wondering if you were an eight or yeah, the two thing makes a lot of sense. Cause yeah, I've gotten the feedback before that someone was like, this is like five years ago or something so I was definitely still like in my shit like moving through my process in a big way and someone was like you're a two like I thought you were an eight and I was like I felt so just like are you kidding me like really you think I'm an eight like I come across as like confident and like you know direct like I am terrified of people not liking me and so I just thought that was really interesting because yeah the whole nature of trauma is living in stress. Um, mm-hmm. so if stress takes a two to an eight, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always think about that. I remember one time I took the Enneagram, <laughs> it came mm-hmm. up as an eight mm-hmm. and I had like a friend that was really versed in it at the time. And she was like, you're definitely not an eight. She's like, yeah. I think you're under high stress and so yeah. it's showing you as an eight, but you're actually two. And I was like, oh yeah. I mean, twos, like, I mean, people in history are like mother Teresa, Jesus Christ. Like they always <laughs> want to be like helping people. Right. And yeah. I'm like, that's been my whole life. And that's yeah. been my whole identity, whether it's because of, you know, developmental trauma and that's the only way that I like got seen was by helping people or if that's like really you know who I am but yeah I mean I think that that really shows in this it's interesting that you bring that up because I think that shows in this like the archer and 
the uh what did she say the archer and the prey the prey yeah, yeah. right Totally. And yeah, it's interesting because I really thought this song being like a big Enneagram 3 song, which we'll kind of probably get into that more, or I definitely have some things to say about that. To me, this song immediately felt like an Enneagram 3 song because mm. there's this whole idea of like, they see right through me. So we'll yes. get to that later and I don't want to skip to that, but um, it's interesting to notice the connection to a 2 and an 8 and how we both are 2 wing 3s. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I know. It's fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the next verse, which is easy. They come easy. They go. I jump from the train. I ride off alone. I never grew up. It's getting so old. Help me hold on to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this is the, you know, the part that so many people feel when they're doing this deep work is that Mm -hmm. no one is like sticking along for the ride. Yeah, there's always this tone of like, okay, well, I know for me and for myself, like when I started doing this work, it was like a veil had been lifted off of me. Mm -hmm. And so like people that I was having, you know, unhealthy connection with, whether that was family or, you know, codependency, et cetera. Yeah. I remember like feeling this part of being like, well, I don't fit in here. And I also don't fit in, in this new place that I'm going with these people, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, when I would make these connections, it was always like, okay, do I go back to this comfort that I know is not healthy or do I keep on moving forward to this thing that I don't know? So it's like easy. These people come and also easy. They go, right? Like you jump from the train, like you're, you're going on your journey and then you're riding off alone Mm -hmm. and it feels like you aren't growing up. Right. And that's the thing Mm -hmm. about like specifically, you know, developmental trauma is that if you experience that it's like well everyone else is kind of growing up you feel like you're behind because you had to just learn how to survive right so it's like help me hold like this this verse I'm like oh I feel this so deeply like help Mm -hmm. me hold on to you which Mm -hmm. is this kind of metaphorical you which is like where I'm going almost to me is how I'm interpreting it Ooh, I love that yeah that's so cool because I think, yeah, it's so easy to interpret this song through the lens of a relationship, which is what I did. But I love like the way that you've um, brought it back to yourself and like different versions of you or like where you're going. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you think about this verse? Yeah. So something that I really picked up from it is, yeah, very similar with this. Like, I feel like throughout the entire song, she's like grieving or just coming to terms with the fact that no one is no one seems to stay and how frustrated yeah. she is by that. Um, but something I picked up on was kind of the, I never grew up. It's getting so old, like referring to her own patterns of communication of like, I have been fawning since I was a child to get people to stay and it's not working. Should I go ahead and try combat? You know, I've been the archer. I have tried that. That's not working either. Like I'm pushing you away because my fight mode is hurting you, but the fawning isn't working because no one can actually see the real me. So I'm getting, it's getting so old. Like I'm sick and tired of my own bullshit basically. And I really want to just be my authentic self and sort of like feel safe enough. Like, please stay with me while I work through this and like, help me hold up, like help me you know, keep you like, I'm really sorry for what I've done. Help me hold on to you. This kind of like plea for connection. Yeah. yeah I think too, when it comes to relationships, right? Like I'm just, after you're saying that I'm thinking about yeah. this is like being with my husband, you know, mm-hmm. now when I was in intense trauma recovery was when we first had just gotten back together. Cause my husband and I lost, um, 
three people in nine and a half months. And when oh I was going gosh. back to these funerals, it brought up all these deaths. And we went on yeah. to lose a total of like seven people in two and a half years. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. But like it brought up this old trauma that I had completely disassociated from and like mm. just cut off from. And I remember yeah. feeling that like, I feel like I'm not growing up. I'm stuck in my shit right now. Like, yeah. yep. and I need someone to hold on to. So yeah, when you're saying that in the context of a relationship, it is like, you know, I think we talk about like coming from the recovery point of view, but also I always think about like, it brings up this point about like the person that's also like, what am I trying to say? It's it's also like the, the partner of the person that's going through it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's this dynamic that's being worked out too. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on and see what this builds upon. Um. <laughs> so now we're at the chorus, which is I've been the archer. I've been the prey. Who could ever leave me, darling? But who could stay? Mm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Devastating. Devastating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it really is. It's like so frustrating. Like you're mm-hmm. like, these. both of these points aren't working for me. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's like, I've been the asshole who's like yep. hard on their boundaries, which like won't talk to anyone. Like that's what I think of kind of like the archer, like this warrior person. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And like, I've been that. And I've also been like the fawner and the prey. Yep. And it's like, who could ever leave me? Because like, I'm so strong. Right. And, right. Like, no one's ever going to leave me because like, I'm so confident and all this stuff, but also yep. like who could ever stay? Because like, how are they, how do they actually know me? Like, there's this sense of like, mm-hmm. no one's actually seeing me for who I am. Like it's almost yep. this mask that you're putting on because you're just trying to get through the day for, yeah. the, for your life. And they see right through me as we'll get to. Yeah. Yep. Well said. I think I pretty much have exactly written down what you said. So I'm not going to repeat it. But I also see the archer and the prey being viewed as like the winner and the loser. And I think Mm. that can be a tendency if you have coped with trauma by armoring, becoming hyper-independent, over-functioning, being very confident is like, there's a winner and there's a loser. Like, I'm not going to be the loser. Like, I survived this. I'm never going to go back. Like, so now my whole identity is based on being very confident, very, you know, independent, sure of myself, like a winner and realizing like, okay, so obviously the being the prey was bad right but then also yep. being the archer I thought who could ever leave me I'm the best I am so yes. wonderful yes. I'm always there for people like I'll do anything but you know but who could stay because that's not really me um so kind of this yeah reckoning like under the ego I guess of like oh but like truth be told that's all a mask that I wear and people can see through that and no matter how much I give to try to ensure a relationship I can't force people to stay with me which is yeah. really hard I think too, when you were saying that, like something that I was just thinking of is like, you know how, when you're doing the work, right. It's like, you feel like you go on one pendulum and the other, and I call it like the rubber band effect. You know, if you like shoot a rubber band, it kind of like builds out and then it like finds its equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like in healing, that's what's happening. You're like, I'm going, I'm swinging over here, way to the right. I'm swinging over here, way to the left. And like, now there's going to be this kind of middle ground that's happening. I feel like this song is like, her trying to be like, where's my middle ground, right? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was so good. I love that. And I love the visual of the rubber band. I think that's super helpful when you are trying to visualize the very confusing healing journey and process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. 
Well, yeah, so that's the chorus, so that will be repeated. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next verse, which is dark side, I search for your dark side, but what if I'm all right, 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 right here, and I cut off my nose just to spite my face, then I hate my reflection for years and years. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this is so deep, and I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think for me, this is like... Gosh. And I feel like, you know, we're always constantly in the process of healing, right? Like yeah. there's, there's these layers that are coming up, but for me, when I see this, it's like, you know, when I finally started to do the work, it's like, there was so much confrontation, like not mm-hmm. verbal confrontation, I feel like, but just because I was doing the work and people in my family or people that had hurt me were not doing the work. It was mm-hmm. confrontational. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there were also times where I would, you know, say things that weren't helpful for my relationships because I was just so mm-hmm. overwhelmed with everything. Totally. And so this part, like, like searching for your dark side. And it's like, what if I'm already right here? And then mm. for me, it's like the part about like cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's like, sometimes you feel, and I, I kind of really, I relate to you when you're like, oh, someone thought I was an eight. Like it's almost yeah. like you feel so confident and convicted in you finally understanding like what trauma mm. is and like what's happened to you and how awful things have been that there's like, you want to hold on to that. It's almost Mm -hmm. like a safety blanket because for so long you felt just like alone. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there are times where I've like said things where I'm like, shit, like that was not helpful in the Mm -hmm. long run. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And then it's like, then I hate my reflection for years and years and years. So it's like, I felt like I was in my darkness and feeling, you know, affirmed in it. And then Mm -hmm. I would say stuff that wouldn't help. And then it was like, then I was like turning in on myself, mm. right? This is the complexity of it. Like, yeah. then I'm turning back in on myself and be like, well, fuck Allie, why did you say that? You yeah. know? And so totally. then it's like, then you hate yourself because you're saying these things. So I feel like that's where like, it's so complex in this. I mean, the whole song, it like really resonates, but this part yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that hits. Yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing that. I have, yeah, pretty much similar take again. Um, I thought, like, I have a hard time kind of understanding the first two lines together. Mm-hmm. Like, dark yeah. side, I search for your dark side, but what if I'm all right here? But mm-hmm. the just the first line alone of, like, you know, I'm looking for your weakness. I'm looking for your dark side. I'm looking for something for, to blame you for because to me, you seem so healthy and secure and wonderful. And I'm sort of lashing out against that because it's too hard for me to take all the blame. So oh, where nice. is your dark side? I need to find it. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not quite entirely sure what, you know, what she's really meaning by like, but what if I'm all right, right here, but I am hearing as I'm looking at the lyrics, I see how right is repeated. So it says, what if I'm all right, but then right, right, right here. So thinking about this like conquest between winning and losing right and wrong, like she's like, well, what if I'm right? Like there's still that impulse to kind of like defend herself and be like, I am right. Um, Or, or it could be more of a tender, like, well, what if I'm all right? What if I'm right here? What if this is where I'm supposed to be? And it's not about winning or losing, but it's about learning to like tolerate the middle ground or something like that. So, yeah, 
Yeah, not entirely sure, but yeah, very similar take on the next couple lines where it seems like, you know, I cut off my nose. I take this like drastic action to sort of sabotage myself or my relationships. And then I regret it for years to come because I blew something up in a moment of stress or, you know, um, intolerable emotions. And it's changed my life in a way that I really wish I could take back. Um, And that's, that's really tough to reckon with for sure. Yeah. And I feel like that happens, you know, because you're just totally. like trying to find your tolerance and then things are coming up so quickly in your body or your mind. Yeah. And you're like, I can't, it's overwhelming. Right. Totally. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And it's like thinking about if this other, if, if the muse of the song or this other person is more kind of stable and regulated and like Taylor or the protagonist is, you know, uh, flopping back and forth between Archer and Prey and like having some sort of like really intense, like dysregulation going on. Like, yeah this it just makes a lot of sense of you know I when you feel like so sick of yourself that you just want to self-destruct so like do some dramatic action yeah Yeah. exactly and it like if in the moment it just feels right but then you're like that was not helpful like for Mm -hmm. anything or anyone I always think about this too like with the self-sabotage like you know people that have lived in such a dysregulated space for so long that it's become comfortable that when they start to like tolerate a little bit more of regulation, they'll like flip back into the Mm -hmm. dysregulation because they're like, that's where I've lived. So that's what I know, even though I hate it. Right. And so (laughs) it's like this tolerance piece of it that I feel like is coming up here that you just kind of tapped on. And then the self-sabotage, which is so normal. You're like, oh no, life's getting too good. Like I I need to like, I need to like screw it up a little bit because it's, it's too much, it's too much to handle. Like what if shit's just going to hit the fan and I don't want to go back to that place where I've been in a really deep, dark place. Right. Yep. Yeah. So like, let me throw an arrow at it or um, yes. fire an arrow at it, you know, yes. archer it because yeah. I don't want to be the prey again. So I guess I just have to take things into my own hands and blow it all Completely. up. Is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Trauma healing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, um okay so I think the next part is well one of my favorites um so she says I wake in the night I pace like a ghost the room is on fire invisible smoke and all of my heroes die all alone help me hold on to you you go you first okay yeah so I think the imagery of waking in the night and pacing like a ghost is giving me anxiety vibes which is doubled down by the room is on fire invisible smoke um I think a lot of times with trauma especially when it manifests into that kind of fight or flight we have all these alarm signals going on in our brains that are telling us we are in danger and everyone we love is going to leave us no one likes us like the world is going to end you know so on and so forth, depending on your unique life experiences. But with all of that, there is sort of this conscious awareness a lot of the time of like, this isn't really happening. Like everything's okay. Like it, it is over. And so this idea of it being the room is on fire invisible smoke so it's obviously not really on fire the smoke is invisible but it feels completely real it feels like it truly is on fire um and she's sort of you know pacing the room trying to maybe come up with a solution or you know just ruminating and sort of panicking um and yeah that just feels extremely relatable as someone (laughs) who's been in that position um it's also giving very midnight's vibes i feel like this is you know kind of relating to her latest album that has a lot of that kind of like we stay up all night, like questioning our decisions or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then moving into 
all of my heroes die all alone. Help me hold on to you. I feel like this Enneagram three energy that I've sort of referenced of like looking up to people that have achieved a lot and have maybe fought really hard for their achievements and are very um, admirable and impressive. Yeah. He's saying like, okay, like I once looked up to that, but I'm realizing they just die all alone because maybe they were prioritizing their image or their success over their relationships. And I have just pushed someone away that is so incredibly important to me um, to be like my heroes, to prioritize my career or whatever. Um, And I don't want to do that. Like help me hold on to you before it's too late. I want to change my ways. Yeah. Wow. So powerful. I resonate with what you said on the first two lines, right? Like for me in my own journey, um, my, my memories that I had disassociated from came back at when I was sleeping, right? Like that's what happens when you, when you start to wake the trauma. Um, and so I remember feeling like, yeah, I mean, that's trauma, right? Like your past is being brought into your present and then you're trying to reenact it in your present because you, you're like, okay, I have more tools now, or I'm older now, or it's not supposed to happen that way. So I get that. Like, you know, you keep on thinking that you're, you're reenacting it, right? Like you keep on thinking that the room is on fire, but really nothing is happening in the present. And that was my journey is like everything on paper looked perfect. I, you know, got back together with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. We had this like great space that we were living in, like everything was fine. And that's when all of my stuff came up. Um, the second piece that all of my heroes die all alone is interesting because the way that I interpreted that was like, for me, I feel like when I was doing the work, there are like these people that I looked up to in my life, like my parents. Right. Mm-hmm. And that I, you know, you always think that your parents are your heroes until you like kind of start to do the work and you're like, Oh, they're just, they're people that only had the tools that they had in their toolkit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for me, that was like kind of a, 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 you know, working through codependency of like Mm. trying to figure out like who is my hero. Yeah. Um, And so here, like there's this part where she's like, help me hold on to you. And the way that I interpret it for me, because like I'm looking at it more instead of like a relational space of like, yeah, kind of through this, this lens that you have with yourself is it's like, help me hold on to the person that I know deep down is like trying is like begging to get out from myself. Right. Mm. Like that, like true core of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like, help me hold on to you because I know that that's where I'm going. Even if I only see a glimmer of it, like yeah. I've made all these people in my head be my hero, but really like my only hero should be myself. Ooh. And it reminds me of like, there's this quote by Matthew McConaughey, or there's like this clip of him. And he said, like, someone asked him who his hero was. And he was like, let me get back to you. And he said, my hero is me in 10 years. And so he was like 25 at the time. And then, so when he's 35, this guy comes back to him and he's like, so who's your hero? He's like, it's me in 10 years. And I just love that because I really think that like, you have to keep on holding yourself accountable. And there's all these times where we do look at our heroes and then we try to achieve what they're doing. And it's like, but then we kind of like lose track of ourselves in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah, the diversity of takes of this and how I know there's so many. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> super cool. Um, yeah, such a potent line or lines. Yeah. When it's it soft, is. like ah, I just want to listen to it. <laughs> it's so good. I know I've been listening to it for like the last two weeks. <laughs> right. Preparing. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um 
Yeah. So then we go back to the chorus, which is the same, but there is this interesting distinction of, she says, I've been the archer. I've been the prey screaming who could ever leave me, darling, but who could stay instead of just who could ever leave me. Um, There's that screaming part. So to me, it seems like, you know, things are getting uh, higher in intensity and more extreme and the emotions are really coming to a climax. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. (laughs) Yeah, I think too is like, for me, there's always this like, I don't know about you, but for me, when I get into that mode of like defensive, you know, fight with my words mode, it's always like, there's this like, how do I say it? There's like this spin on it. Like I'm almost like I like a, like almost feel like a lawyer. Like I'm Mm, like, you know, like I'm trying to like cut people in that way. So it's like, Mm. who could ever leave me, darling? Like there's this like attitude, you know, to it, like, but also who could stay. And so I feel like the part that she added in there, like she's being really vulnerable and showing this side that not a lot of people talk about, which is that like, no one wants to say that they are like an asshole when they fight. Like, no one wants to, you know, but I think she's like, doing such a service here by showing people that like, yeah, this is how I get. And it's ugly and it's not, yeah, it's not pretty at all, but you know, you're not alone in it too. Totally. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So now we kind of have the bridge. I believe that's what this is referred to as (laughs) where she is repeating because they see right through me. They see right through me. They see right through. Can you see right through me? They see right through. They see right through me. I see right through me. I see right through me. Yes. <laughs> so good. There's yeah. so much like, even though it's like kind of the same thing that's, that's repeated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what this is called. I'm not a musician. I'm like a top right. 40s gal. So like, good on you that you know what this is called. In music. Right. But, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's just trying for me, it's like trying to pound home that thing of like they see right through me, like, oh, all of these people are seeing that maybe I'm going through it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I think for me when I started, you know, doing this work and working and healing myself, it's like I felt like people could see right through me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, Allie's really struggling, or like she's mm-hmm. really, you know, effed up or like oh my god she's like a hot mess and all this stuff and like she's not okay yeah and like my motto all the time is like it's okay to not be okay and like Mm -hmm. if anyone is telling you that they're fine like they're probably not you know like like can we just be real for a second so for this Mm. verse for me it was like can we just like see what's actually happening instead Mm. of like trying to point fingers at like there's something wrong with this person that's going through it, you know? Mm, and I think yeah. like your type three definitely shows here is what mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. What do you think? Yeah. So um, yeah, I kind of read this, right. So through that lens of, I have been putting on a front that I don't really think of as a front. And this is very relatable for me where it's like, I am not consciously thinking like, oh, like I'm going to be so impressive and admirable and like all I want is to be praised or whatever. But the way I act is sort of like driven by this fear that like if people really see my pain, that will make me too vulnerable and I will get hurt again. Like it's not safe to 
be sad. It's not safe to grieve. It's not safe to be impacted by the trauma or whatever it is. So I need to put on this front that I'm strong, I'm confident, um, but it's breaking down. Like as she's kind of described throughout the song is like, it's not working anymore. They can see right through me and you know, can you see right through me? I think she's like directly asking the listener, like her fans or just like the people on the periphery. And then, you know, I see right through me. I like, yeah, just having this breakdown of like, I'm fake almost like I have been faking this and it is not real. Um, Yeah. Which I think is like a sort of hero's journey point of um, (laughs) intense contraction. If you've used being on top of your stuff like for your life to help you cope with things like if you and this is just so related to me and my story like I may have mentioned this on the podcast before but like going like throughout my entire abusive relationship when I was in high school I still maintained like to get good grades and have friends and go to skating like I was a figure skater and like I didn't have the like quote-unquote usual signs that someone is like in an abusive relationship or depressed or anxious yeah like I somehow was able to keep up that facade because it felt like that was the only way I was going to maintain any connection outside of that relationship I guess I don't really know but it's totally been a pattern for me is like it's not it's not safe to show weakness Um, but then getting to that point of like wait no one actually knows me or like this this mask isn't even working anymore they do see right through me but now they think I'm fake and ingenuine and that really hurts yes yes yeah I can relate to that too it's like you have to just kind of like that's that warrior piece I feel like that I always talk about it's like this kind of like warrior piece of like just getting through it and like putting on a mask and like faking a smile. I definitely right. relate to that. I was very similar. People were like, you have trauma and this happened to you and like right. you struggle with alcohol. Right. Oh and, my you know, God. Yeah. Like all of these kind of stories that I like have just, you know, put on the back burner. Like I remember when I got sober and was telling people like, I have a problem with alcohol. They're like, there's no way. And it's like, yeah, because oh I've hit it for so long yeah. because, you know, people are like, there's no way. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, typically mm-hmm. addicts hide what's good what's going on and right. like at the root of addiction is trauma yeah. you know and I think for me too it's like there's still this stigma what comes up in this kind of section is like there's still such a stigma around trauma and mental health mm-hmm. like that you're like there's something wrong with you if you talk about your mental health or if you talk about trauma and I think it's yeah you know because we're so in it all the time that I don't feel that stigma anymore. But like, if you talk to kind of the everyday individual that's not in this space, they're like, oh, like you're telling me about this or like that you do trauma recovery. Like, do you work with people that have like been to war, like in a car accident? Like, that's not just it, you know? Right, right. And so I feel like that's also coming through here is like having this mask of like, oh no, I'm trying to show you my vulnerability, but then you're also like, thinking that I'm being fake because I haven't been, maybe I like stop sharing or I stop being super vulnerable. I don't know about you, but like, especially on social media, I feel like I started my journey of sharing, being really vulnerable, like almost too vulnerable. And now that I don't share, I'm like, Oh, like there's this level of like, are people thinking that I'm fake? Cause like, Mm, they're not seeing it, you know? And so when you say that, I'm like, Oh yeah. Are they seeing through me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah, such a good point. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to hear from a type A and a type three, because I'm curious about like, which, like, I know, like, the three and the two, like, we're both very prone to putting on masks and performing and 
um, trying to impress. And my understanding is eights are a bit more like integrous, I guess, where they are, they aren't the same, like they don't really care about what you think of them. They're going to be direct and honest. Um, So I think threes and eights can have similarities, but then there is this sort of like difference in, I don't know if an eight is ever really like seen through because they are showing up at face value compared to a three that's like I have built up a huge um kind of complex of who I am and it's not completely genuine like I actually am weak underneath this yeah you know it's funny that you say that my best friend is an eight and my husband's a a three so okay they have a lot of similarities but then there's like a very big distinction between yeah um, Ryan and her you know like where it comes to like she's just so candid about how Uh she feels that there's like you're not questioning what she's thinking or how she's feeling you know yeah that's Um, so interesting yeah yeah but with (laughs) uh with Ryan it's always like he yeah and and with me it's like we're still concerned about what people think and that can drive a lot of like your decisions or how you're kind of moving through life right totally yeah. Yeah, yeah. My partner's a nine. So oh. there's definitely a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of masking involved with nines yeah. too. Of like, yeah. you know, big goal to keep the peace. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we have that going on as well, uh, which is very interesting. So it's such fun dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> I like, know. Uh... <laughs> I love it. All right. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So next section, almost done here is all the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put me together again. Hashtag Humpty Dumpty. Um, sorry for that interruption. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> all of my enemies started out friends. Help me hold on to you. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, she's broken. I mean, I think that verse comes from Humpty Dumpty. All the yeah. king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put him to back together again. Yep. And Humpty Dumpty, for those who aren't aware, is like an egg, I believe, that falls off a wall. And he had a great fall. And he is <laughs> broken at the bottom. And no one can put him back together again. Um, and so Taylor, I think, you know, she references like Peter Pan sometimes. Like sometimes she brings in that kind of childhood you know fairy tale type imagery yeah. uh, and then also earlier in the song was like I never grew up it's getting so old so kind of returning to that of like I am helpless like no one can put me back together again but maybe she's getting to the point of like I have to put me back together again like my shattered image or reputation or like facade is broken and no one's going to put it back together again um and it lost me friends like all of my enemies now they used to be my friends but now they see through me and or I didn't see the truth of who they were because Mm -hmm. I was you know in yeah I was living in my my place that wasn't really I wasn't really regulated enough to actually see through other people I thought everyone was kind of just keeping things on the superficial plane um, and now we're enemies and I don't want that to happen with you like the the yeah. person she's speaking to like help me hold on to you it's like I I'm broken I want to rebuild and I don't want you to become my enemy yeah so that's what I got from that yeah I agree with everything you said I yeah. think that you know I was watching her um Netflix documentary mm-hmm and she said that like she had to take a year to just like deconstruct her brain because totally. all of the things that had been kind of like, you know, she just went in a hole pretty much yeah. and like just disconnected from everything. And yeah. there's that one line where she is like, you know, I just had to, yeah, pretty much like be with myself for a year and just like deconstruct all these things that I've been yep. told my whole life. Yeah. And so 
like that brokenness and being really vulnerable and honest that like when you are broken, you typically look at these people that, you know, maybe they're speaking into your life or they seem really strong or they seem really confident. And then you like start to actually put yourself back together. And now they're like, not your friend, they're your enemy mm-hmm. or they're like, not for you. They're against you because they were, you know, they were fine when you were weak because yeah. they could like play this role of strength in your life. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely had that where like, you know, as you change and as you grow and evolve, like relationships start to dissipate because maybe they're built off of, you know, unhealthy connections. Um, mm-hmm. totally. And so it's like, whether she's talking, yeah, the person that she's talking to and like, I'm interpreting it as herself, right. Or like right. as her, her significant other, it's like help, like be in this space with me, you know, be in community with me so that that doesn't happen to you because like, I love you so much that I don't want to turn on you. And I'm like mm. trying to be vulnerable to show you that. I remember wow. like with a, a good friend of mine, just being really vulnerable with her when I had a moment and I, you know, could do this. And I was like, look at this point in our relationship, I feel like I'm either just going to cut you off or like, I'm just going to get resentful. And I don't want either of those things to happen. So like, yeah. can we have a conversation around this? Yeah. And she was like very, open to having a conversation and working through it. But yeah, I've definitely had those moments where I'm like, I can see my pattern and I'm sick of it. So I have to make a change. Totally. But like, I don't want you to become my enemy because like maybe our relationship is built off of, you know, some unhealthy things of how we started out. It's like, but you have to grow. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Love that. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, last part here is she's kind of repeating things she's already said. Uh, I've been the archer. I've been the prey. Who could ever leave me, darling? But who could stay? And sort of repeating in the background, I see right through me. I see right through me. And then just repeats, who could stay? Who could stay? Who could stay? You could stay. You could stay. And then it finishes out with combat. I'm ready for combat. Mm. Mm. I feel like she's like kind of repeating everything right yeah but then it's like like she gives this moment at the end where it's like you could stay like you could be the one to stay but then she also says like combat I'm ready for combat Mm -hmm. so it's almost like an unfinished like is she gonna work Mm. like is she gonna work through this or is she Mm -hmm. gonna go into like fight or flight mode or Mm -hmm. like which one is she gonna choose right but I think she's being really vulnerable and saying like but my choice is that I want to work through this with you yeah Ooh. yes I like that um yeah I feel like it's moving from yeah she's reflecting on everything she's kind of you know worked through in this song and yeah deciding like there is hope you could stay. I'm kind of putting myself out here for you. I'm choosing to be vulnerable, which is super hard for me. I'm sorry for what I put you through. And then combat, I'm ready for combat is perhaps now meaning I'm ready to fight for us. I'm ready to fight against my urges to sabotage everything. Um, And I'm ready to, yeah, go up to bat for our longevity by doing my work or um, growing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so true that's so good I love that thank you yeah I I that just came to me as I'm just looking at the lyrics and just seeing how that phrase repeating at the end um could mean something different so yeah and I think it's so true to say that because like in relationships it's like especially when you know one or both people are working through their past 
you yeah. know, emotional pain and or trauma, it's like, you have to fight for it. Like you totally. really do. Like, I think we, we have this kind of like idea that like relationships are so easy and it's just go with the flow and all right. that stuff. And I'm like, that is so fantasized. Like yep. you do have to like work at it. You have to be in a re- working relationship, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is like, if you're familiar with the hunger games, yes. Um, Love. yeah. Yeah. Like obviously Katniss is the archer, you know, that's like her mm-hmm. whole kind of thing. And um, you know, she has that like ability to be a warrior that I think yes. she's much more able to be a warrior than she is to be kind of vulnerable. Like, you know, Peta is sort of the counter to her where he's, yeah, he's, the he's, prick, he's like tender and yeah, like yeah. emotional and stuff. And she really is deflective of that. But then at the end, you know, spoiler alert, don't listen to this. If you don't want me to spoil the end of the hunger games for you, <laughs> give me a second. Um, but yeah, they end up, you know, together um, and peace has come to their land. And I imagine that that would not be an easy transition for her who has basically been conditioned to fight and has found a lot of meaning and identity in her ability to fight and be the archer. So it's like, you know, combat, I'm ready to combat. Like I'm ready to fight for us. I'm ready to, yeah, like fight my instincts to fight almost. Like I'm ready to resist the way that I feel like my only purpose is to fight and actually lay down my bow, so to speak. Or I feel like there's always like, you know, for me, like with with the, the fight mode, yeah. It's like channeling that for good, right? Mm, like fighting yes, for yes. things that are like need to be fought for and like yes. channeling that because like that is like a gift that people have, right? Like totally. fawning and fighting and flighting and freezing. Like if you can channel these things, like the post-traumatic growth piece of yeah. it, right? Is like if you can really channel it for good, then like it it can help you in that. So like fighting yeah. for something that's, you know once you're not in fight or flight mode and you're not dysregulated, you can see clearly, but like fighting for things that are really profound. Like for me, it's like, you know, and for you, it's helping people with trauma. Like that's where our heart is. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Fighting in that way. And so maybe not fighting, but you know what I mean? Like having that kind of like energy towards it. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I do think, I do think there is a lot to fight for when it comes to, like the greater world's view of trauma and you know how there is so much stigma still and so much yeah like if you can channel your urge to fight or get revenge or vengeance into like the fight for you know awareness advocacy justice healing like that does seem like a pretty healthy way to go yeah yeah Yeah. cool I love this yeah yeah so so everybody that kind of wraps up the lyrics this was super deep and super fun to chat about I'm really looking forward to um yeah hearing what anyone has to say as always you can reach out if you have any comments or just want to share like what this episode brought up for you um Allie if you want to share you know where people can find you feel free to do that yeah. Well, I mean, thank you so much for having me on. It's been such Absolutely. a blast. I love yeah. being able to connect with other like-minded. I know we've chatted for like so long, so yeah. it's fun to like finally <laughs> connect. Um, totally. But people can find me on Instagram and all social media platforms at Allie. It's A-L-I-K-A-T-E-S. So AllieKates.co. Um, and my website is also AllieKates.co. Perfect. Yeah. And that will all be linked in the show notes too. 
Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Allie, for being here. And I will see you all next time on the Heal and Harmony podcast. Bye.